We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye hitting with a solo recap of the Nets win over the Heat 116-105. A career night for Mikel Bridges, who dropped 45 points. We're going to jump with that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But starting off with Mikel Bridges, as I mentioned, a career night. 45 points, 17 of 24 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, 7 of 7 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 3 offensive, 5 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 3 turnovers, plus 15, and was the best player on the floor. In a game with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, a lot of credit to Mikel, who was awesome in the fourth quarter. As Jock Vaughn mentioned after the game, he just had a mindset that he was not going to let the Nets lose this game. And he did that. And he was coming off screens, knocking down jumpers, getting downhill. He also did a great job of being a secondary creator in this game. You know, had opportunities to drive to the rim, picked up that second defender, dropped the ball off to Claxton, hit Cam Johnson in the corner. Whatever it was, Mikel Bridges was doing it all. And I think one thing that really stuck out with him offensively as I mentioned on after the Philly podcast his ability to move with such fluidity you know just very smooth able to kind of almost slither like over screens because he's such a wiry frame and his release point is so high with that wingspan just a really tough guy to stop when his jumper is on you know in that fourth we saw him just kind of take the one bump and go up for the pull up you know he also had opportunities and scored on Bam scored on Jimmy whoever was out there it really wasn't an issue and he started the game aggressive you know knocked down the first shot of the game and just really had just it going all night long and as As we always mention, his defense was great in this one. I think one thing that really sticks out is him as a defender is his ability to not only defend on ball, but to close out on guys. Really does a great job of staying under control and using his length and forcing guys into tough positions. And, you know, after tonight, you look at this game and it gives you more confidence in the ability gives you more confidence in the possibility of Mikel Bridges developing into an all-star level player. Obviously, this is one night, but we also saw him improve his game when Devin Booker was out for the Suns. You know, Mikel had, I think, had a stretch of eight straight 20-point games. You know, if he can become a consistent scorer, you know, he's looking more like the second 
or third best player in a championship team because of what he can do. And I think offensively, you're going to continue to see him grow in this new role with the Nets and get more comfortable with his teammates. It's just his ability to knock down shots, come off of screens, move without the basketball, cut without the basketball, and also finish inside. He does a great job of also having body control. You know, you saw in this game a nice little pump fake that led to an easy layup. You saw some Euro steps that went into layups or also went into passes to his teammates. So just a lot of for him to develop and unlock in his game. You know, and as I mentioned before, I think a little added strength too, especially in that core and lower body, could unlock even more for him because of his ability to knock down shots and, you know, just eat a little bit of contact and not get knocked off of his spot. When he's getting downhill and he's looking confident, you're just starting to see a glimpse probably of what he can do moving forward. But again, you know, an awesome night shooting 70% from the field, 66% from three, 100% from the free throw line, and had an impact not only on the boards, but as a playmaker and as a defender in this game. Mikel Bridges looking like the real deal in his third game as a Brooklyn Net. And it also makes you wonder, why didn't we get more of this down the stretch against Philly? And why didn't we get more of this against the Knicks? I think this is a very great film study for the Nets team and the coaching staff of what we need to see moving forward for the rest of the season. Obviously, Mikel's not going to shoot 70% every night, but he does enough to put pressure on the defense and get to his spots and knock down those shots. Moving on from Mikel Bridges, over to Cam Johnson, who also had a really solid night. 18 points, 6 of 14 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, 1 rebound, 3 assists. Obviously, three-point shooting wasn't great in this one. You know, three of ten, a lot of good looks, just couldn't knock them down. But what I did like from Cam in this game was his ability to knock down twos. And his one missed two in this game was a dunk attempt where he got to the spot, just couldn't finish the play. I think you're starting to see him see the different avenues and how he can improve his game and not just be a three-point shooter. I know that was developing in Phoenix, but you're going to see more and more of that as he progresses. I like his ability to attack smaller defenders, especially when he gets in that low post and mid post. I think he has enough size and a nice jumper that he can knock it down. And I like when he gets downhill and tries to attack. You know, that's something I probably wanted to see more against the Knicks, but happy to see that tonight. And hopefully more of that moving forward. I think he looks like a guy that can be a very nice two-way player. You know, defensively very solid. Offensively has a great three-point shot, but can do a little bit more than that. So it's going to be interesting to watch the development of not only Mikel Bridges, but Cam Johnson as the season progresses. But talking about another Cam who's been just awesome for the Nets over this last stretch is Cam Thomas. Finished with 19 points in 22 minutes, really 21 minutes, 6 of 11 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal. Cam did his thing out there. And you even saw in stretches in this game where he got hot. Eric Spolstra was double teaming him, trapping him, blitzing him, trying to force the ball out of his hands. And that speaks a lot about the player that Cam Thomas already is offensively, that one of the best coaches in the NBA is trying to force the ball out of his hands. So credit Cam also for adapting more so in that second half. You know, there was a couple struggles late in that second quarter with the double teams and the traps. But as the game progressed, you started to see him understand what he needed to do and how it could benefit the offense. So continuing to see his progress as a playmaker and as a passer as the season progresses is going to be huge. And, you know, as I mentioned on Twitter during the game is the only way he's going to get better at those things is if he gets more playing time. And that's what he needs. And that means, you know, playing Seth Curry less. That means playing, you know, Royce O'Neal, Spencer Dinwiddie, whoever it is. I think Cam Thomas is a guy you have to look to unlock for this season to hit probably your highest ceiling, but also moving forward and see what this guy can be and how he fits 
on a championship a championship team, on a playoff team, whatever it is, you want to know who Cam Thomas is sooner than later. And so far, he's shown us a lot of promise as an offensive player. As I've mentioned before in a previous podcast, you know, probably the most talented offensive player on this roster. Not the most polished, but definitely the most offensively talented. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Moving over to another guard who scored a ton against the Knicks but played more of a facilitator role tonight with Spencer Dinwiddie. Only 9 points, 3 of 4 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 turnover. And this was the complete opposite of what we saw against the Knicks. You know, as I mentioned in that Knicks recap, Spencer was a little ball hoggy in that game and wasn't looking for his teammates enough. Tonight was really focusing on getting everyone involved, running the sets, getting guys off screens, and kind of playing his part in stepping up when needed. You know, he had a couple big threes in this game and I think did a pretty solid job defensively. You know, had a couple hiccups where he got lost off ball. But overall, you know, this was a good enough game from Spencer Dinwiddie for the Nets to win. And there's going to be other nights where they need 25 and they need him to get downhill and attack the rim more. Tonight, he was able to utilize his teammates and that allowed the Nets to get the win. Moving over to Nicholas Claxton, not a giant Clax game, you know, four points, two of four from the field, nine rebounds, one offensive, two blocks, one turnover, plus 15 though. His impact is definitely fell out there. Was in a little foul trouble in that first half. Also, Jock Vaughn mentioned after the game, you know, Clax has been tired. He's been cooked. He's been doing a lot for this team on both ends of the floor and playing a large minute load and also banging with bodies 
that outweigh him by a good 30 to 60 pounds. So Clax really needs that all-star break, and he's been exceptional for the Nets for this entire season, and it's going to be good for him to recharge for this playoff run, and hopefully the Nets can do a better job of easing his load moving forward. Obviously, Due to some roster deficiencies, it's going to be tough. And the backup centers behind him aren't really ideal. We we also did see a new lineup tonight where Dorian Finney-Smith played some five. Maybe that's something the Nets are going to look to more moving forward. I think that is an idea given it allows the Nets to kind of play five out, allows guys to get downhill a little bit more. And I think, you know, DFS does a nice job against centers. You know, the Nets actually elected to put DFS on BAM in a lot of these lineups and put clacks on Jimmy Butler. And it worked out really well. Obviously, the Nets are still switching a ton, so you don't always get those matchups. But And it goes to show not only you know the defensive versatility of Nicholas Claxton, but also Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Spencer Dewey to an extent. And you know when Ben Simmons is playing well, he's also a versatile defender. And even Royce O'Neal, you know, not the best defender, but has the ability to switch on to bigger guys, which I thought he did a nice job in the second half. And I guess moving over to uh, DFS in this game, finished with two points, 0-4 from the field, 0-3 from three. 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 turnover. No, wasn't super involved offensively. No, wasn't able to knock down his threes. Defensively, I thought he was good in this game. But without that offensive pop, you know, uh, Vaughn elected to go with Royce O'Neal a little bit more in this one, who was really good in the second half. First half was not good for Royce, but finished the game with eight points, three of four from the field, two of three from three, three rebounds and four assists. I think the area that Royce really had a nice impact, especially in that second half, was his ball handling and also helping push the ball in transition. The Nets did a really nice job defensively in the second half, and that allowed them to get in to some transition opportunities and to semi-transition opportunities and just not allowing the Heat to set up their defense because we know what the Heat can do when they're set up defensively and force you into some tough shots. So that was a big part in what the Nets were trying to do, and they outpaced the Heat 12-2 to in fast break points. That was a pretty big deal in this one, but probably one of the You know, the most important stat in this game was three-point shooting. You know, the Nets were not good from three in the first half, I believe under 30%. Finished the game 43% from three, 17 of 39. As I mentioned, you know, Mikel Bridges was great from three, four of six. Spencer was three of four. Royce, two of three. Cam Thomas, three of five. And crazy thing for Cam is like when he knocks down a three, it barely feels like it's touching net. He's just had some beautiful threes, just pure swooshes. Joe Harris, you know, added in two of six from three. I thought Joe, as well as Royce, was better in the second half. I think Joe is a guy that's going to benefit from being protected in some defensive lineups. You know, there's no point in having Joe and Seth out there at the same time and then playing them with Royce O'Neal, Ben Simmons, and Spencer Dinwiddie. You really have no good defenders. You really have no guys that are having an impact on that end of the floor. You know, we know Ben is still struggling defensively. Royce, as I mentioned a million times on this show, is a solid defender, but is not a great point of attack guy. And I think with that lineup, you see multiple guys who can get attacked off ball, on ball and off ball. And it led to a lot of free throws and easy shots for the Heat in that second quarter. And that's going to be something I think Vaughn has to do a better job of. I thought he did a really nice job in the second half with his lineups, you know, eliminated Seth Curry from the rotation and also just found a little bit more balance. And obviously I was very hard on Jacques Vaughn after that Knicks game. I thought tonight a really nice bounce back performance specifically in that second half. I still think we need to see Cam Thomas play over 25 minutes and probably lean into some of his better players a little bit more in the first half. You know, Mikel Bridges, I believe, played 14 minutes in the first half. 
did get, you know, 22 in the second half, which was important. But I think sometimes, you know, getting his best players on the floor or making sure he's staggering a little bit more than running with a lot of these bench heavy lineups. Uh, Moving over to Ben Simmons, two points in this game, one of two from the field, four rebounds, four assists, five fouls, one turnover. And Ben in this game in the, came in early in the first quarter. He was the first sub, and that, like Vaughn mentioned after the game, was a little bit due to Clax just being gas. But Ben had good moments in that first quarter. You know, a couple really nice passes, and even a couple you know solid defensive plays and effort on the boards. But as the game progressed, you started to see some of the hiccups with Ben. I think one of the most frustrating things with him right now is his defensive play. You know, it's not only the on-ball stuff where he's getting beat off the dribble at times and forced into fouls, but also the off-ball stuff where he's missing rotations or he's, you know, there's a, in the beginning of the fourth quarter, he was part of like three straight miscommunications with Bam. You know, some of that might be on Ben, some of that might be on other guys, but if you're, you know, the common denominator on multiple occasions, equations, it's probably you. So looking at Ben, again, there was some promise in what he could do offensively when surrounded by the starters because of his passing, but also there's times where it's like, dude, you have Duncan Robinson in front of you. Like, try to attack him at least once in this game and get to the rim, and I think that's, again, where a lot of the frustration is with Ben. We've talked about him a million times. Ideally, he'd get back to you know, 100% health, you know, physically and mentally and get that right mindset. Still not sure if that happens this year. You know, we'll see how it kind of plays out. But it does seem that the Nets are going to essentially be forced to play him because of, you know, the lack of options at the five. And he did kind of play more of almost a backup point guard role. As Again, we'll see as that progresses with Ben Simmons. But overall, you know, it's, it's a lot of hot and cold. Going to Seth Curry, who did return tonight, scored zero points, 0 of 3 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3. Just did not have the juice. You know, defensively, obviously, is not very good and will kind of continue to struggle on that end of the floor. Unsure of what his role will be on this team. You know, in my opinion, rather see those nine minutes go to Cam Thomas. You know, Cam is just really a better, more impactful offensive player for this team. You know, Seth is an excellent catch and shoot player, has one of the nicest jumpers in the league, but. Not good defensively, and with the injuries and being a little banged up, it feels like he even has lost a little bit more of that offensive pop. So interested to see how Vaughn plays it out with the guard rotation. Really, in my opinion, as your you know creators and your playmakers, you're looking at Cam Thomas and Spencer Dinwiddie, and then Mikel Bridges more as a, a secondary creator, maybe coming off screens, doing a little bit of that. But I don't know if you really need to play Seth. You know. On a lot of nights, maybe it's Seth or Joe. And then there's about 12 to 15 minutes for those guys, and you go with one of them. If you can maybe, maybe you need, you know, Seth is ball handling a little bit more and is a, his ability to run the pick and roll when Clax is back to 100%. But if not, Joe might be the better option because of his size and how it all kind of plays out with this roster and the rest of the rotation. As I mentioned, I thought the second half was a real improvement from Vaughn from what we saw in, you know, the last eight quarters before that the third and fourth quarter in this game were solid there's still obviously a room for improvement but overall you saw the nets able to lean into a style that benefited them more and that style was you know playing good defense getting in transition and finding opportunities the Nets scored 31 points in the third quarter and 33 points in the fourth quarter also holding the heat to under 25 points in the fourth and third you know heat not necessarily the most gifted offensive team we're missing tyler here in this game as well but overall it was 
it was some real progress in comparison to what we saw the Nets play like against the Knicks. And it was a big game for the standings. You know, we know this is a, a team that the Nets are competing with to hold on to that playoff spot. This is this gave them the tiebreaker in that series. And it allowed them to gain another game over the Heat in this one. So again, a, a big win going to the All-Star break. Really important for this team to find ways to win games as they're figuring out, especially when it's against an opponent that's right behind them in the standings. And I think there is a level of confidence built for this team after completing this win. You know, obviously the Philly game was a heartbreaker. The Knicks game was a disappointment, but battling one out against Miami, who, as they mentioned on the Yes broadcast, has been in the most clutch games in the NBA this season. Most games decided by five points or less, played 32, I believe, maybe 33 after tonight, and had an over 500 record in that in that category. So real, really happy for the Nets to bang one out against an experienced Heat team. And a final note on Mikel Bridges, first Nets player with 45 points, five rebounds, five assists, multiple steals, multiple blocks in Nets history since Kevin Durant versus the Orlando Magic on November 28th. So Mikel doing some very impressive things for this team. And I think also giving the Nets fans a lot of hope for what he can be down the line as he progresses to the rest of the season. As I mentioned, this was a really fun game, a really great way for the Nets team to bounce back and find a way to get a W. We'll see how they play out. Jack and I will be dropping a couple pods next week in terms of looking at the outlook of this team and maybe some different news and you know possible future discussions. But as always, big thanks for everybody listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.